estimates. It's one of the more nasty subjects I've encountered in my professional role as a software developer. And I don't really know how to handle them. It's Maybe it's because I'm working with the kind of stuff I'm working right now where we're doing research almost all the time. Or I would like to say that we're doing research almost all the time. But I haven't been able to make a good estimate for several years now. And it's at work now, it's on that the vibe is like, maybe we should just stop doing estimates and telling every week what we have delivered instead. Because then we don't have to work as hard with expectation management and so on. But it seems like the rest of the organization really wants to have their their due dates, uh, their deadlines, even though they whoosh past really fast all the time. So what's your experience with estimates? Do you have any like secret tricks you could share with me? I have this one weird trick that doctors hate. Cool. Because doctors care about your health. They do. And it's not healthy to be stressed. Indeed. So if you commit to a lot of estimates, it can get very stressful. So doctors yep. hate committing to estimates. But when it comes to getting things done, estimates can sometimes be helpful. Or rather, <laughs> deadlines and due dates, as you said, can be quite helpful. Because that gives you a constraint for the work. The tricky part is usually people aren't willing to cut scope to fit a timeline. And the reason I think everyone always asks for estimates, well, I think there's two reasons. One, they want to know, is this a lot of work? Is it, is it a small thing I'm asking or is it a big thing I'm asking for? And that's very reasonable because sometimes, well, there's an XKCD about this. Uh, well, yeah. you want to do this? <laughs> you want to uh, determine if I'm in a national park? Well, uh, some GPS coordinates, a GIS lookup, uh, uh, that, that'll take a week or a couple of hours or something. Uh, and I want to find out if we're looking at a picture of a bird. Give me a research team in five years. <laughs> <laughs> and you might have something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's sort of the that has to be the experience of people on the business side when they're dealing with software developers half the time, because it can be so arbitrary whether something takes a ton of time or takes no time at all. And then I think it's very reasonable to say, "Oh, can we get an estimate?" I think in those cases, if what they actually want is to know whether it's a lot of work or a little work then you can give them sort of, is it two minutes, two hours, two days, or two weeks, or two months, two years, something like that. Because they really only want the, the kind of magnitude of the task. If they are asking for an estimate because they want to calculate a timeline, then you're probably in more trouble because it's much harder to deliver a particular scope in a particular amount of time. Even very experienced shops, such as Basecamp, arguably um, not the smartest these days, but their shape-up thing seems like it has some reasonable ideas. That that's, seems to be the theme with Basecamp. Some real dumb things and some very decent ideas. Uh, they keep mixing. <laughs> I think they are shaped like a one of those you go skateboarding in. Like a half-pipe. Yeah, half pipe. They have 
lots of really stupid stuff and lots of really brilliant stuff and nothing in between. <laughs> okay, so they're they're sort of a flipped uh, bell curve. Yeah. Okay. That's my opinion. Yeah. Skate curve. Skate curve. Yeah. I'll look it up. All right. And I've had decent luck with the estimates where I control most of the variables. Um, and well, that can sound really obvious. Not in the sense that I necessarily can sort of tweak the scope to fit the estimate or whatever. But when I've sat down with a new client, looked at the work they need done and worked out an estimate for what I think it will take and where I commit to a fixed price to deliver it, I've had no issue. Or I've, I've had one issue once, and that was when Elm threw me for a loop. And one piece of the work took literally two weeks more than I would have expected because I couldn't do any of the things I was planning to do and I had to work through some things I didn't know and learn the language very deeply compared to what I expected. But I think I also managed to, in other parts of that project, catch up because I'm pretty fast at what I already know. And of course, I was I had set it up as a fixed bid where I took on all the risk that the client would have, which means I also built in margin. But I ha had built that based on my own estimates of how much work it would be. So I've also done work for uh, for your employer where I've said, oh, it should take this much time. For one thing, it was a 100-hour project, and I think I completed it in 98 hours. So, oh, yeah. And shipped a few extra things that were not in, in scope. And that's when I make sure to think through the estimates. I sit down, I work through the estimates, I make sure that there's space in the estimate. Yeah, then they can hold. When it's multiple people executing on the work, it's multiple... Like generally, when things get a little bit messy and when it's ongoing work on a product, for example, it's really tricky to get estimates right and I think it's usually a waste of time. Now, timelines is a different thing. And I guess that what was what I was going to talk mention with ShapeUp. I believe they set fixed times and variable scopes. Yeah. So they commit to like a, what is it, a six week or a six month? I think it's a it's six, a six week, weeks. Yeah. yeah, six weeks period of work. And they plan what they want done in that sort of, we're shipping this feature and these are the things we want it to do. And as they are approaching the, the deadline, it's like, okay, yeah, what do we need to cut to, to make this happen? Because we're shipping the thing, and sometimes that can be a very crude thing if we really re did a poor job of estimating. But sometimes that, I, I think that will work, can work. I don't think it works well if you did not plan it that way. <laughs> sort of when you're planning a feature, did you plan it as, oh, we could build this degree of it, or this degree of it, or this degree of it, sort of, is it? an embryo or is it fully realized because you need to plan for those sort of stages of work i think last time i worked with your company i we ended up doing something akin to that as well where we took i think there were four big chunks of feature or four or five and we sliced them pretty thin it's like oh this part is required for this and that okay let's let's do that early this part is required for this or that this let's do that early and in that case, we didn't really estimate the work. Uh, well, we sketched out some estimates. We did do that. But yes, they were just 
that estimates so we had a hunch for what I thought the work would take. We didn't use those for a strict timeline because I would never agree to a strict timeline for that type of work. But I think uh, sitting down and thinking through pieces, that, that's important if you need it to plan which parts and in which order they should happen. But if it's like, we have to build this, then the estimate is irrelevant. Yeah, I think the part of the estimates that I think are relevant usually relevant is to sit down and just write down the problem split it up in smaller pieces see yeah. which systems needs need to communicate with it with each other what parts are important for us here and so on and are there perhaps something that will that we need to communicate to other people so that they are ready for this yeah the hard parts communication so that's good but otherwise i don't really see the meaning with it uh, it's usually it it ends up with uh, us doing some kind of we're splitting up the big chunks of work into smaller chunks doing a very hand-waving estimate like that's probably four days or something like that the smallest unit is always a day or maybe 0.5 because well it's stupid but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i need a 0.5 day for something it's really one day sometimes you need a zero day yeah, absolutely. But that usually takes time, the, weirdly. So much. Yeah. yeah. Sudden zero day. Okay, so this whole project should be done last March. And then we're closing in on last March. And no, it will not be done at last March. Because we built all this other stuff that suddenly was so much more important than this one. Uh, <laughs> and so on. So yeah, maybe... Maybe we aren't really there process-wise when it comes to software development. And that's... Are you not agile enough? I don't know. No, we're probably <laughs> not agile enough. Agility is hard. Yeah. Um, software process is hard. It is. So it's, it's like I feel no kind of failure or resentment or anything like that. No hard feelings, that is, uh, about this. I'm just slightly confused and maybe a little bit sad <laughs> because it would be much easier to work if we just did okay so for the next month this is the theme or for the next three months this is the theme and but we can't really work like that either because we need to be able to make those quick turns when things happen so i don't know maybe it's just uh, being a very small startup makes everything kind of chaotic uh, and that's just how it is yeah i think it's hard to avoid a certain amount of chaos and sort of tasks that interweave and get in the way of each other when you just have a lot to do limited resources and uh, a changing landscape but yeah. i think it can be a common mistake to say oh let's do some planning and then <clears throat> set up sort of a timeline this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to do and then you don't include a bunch of the things that you're already doing or the expectation that things will come in from the side and then there's someone who's like yeah we have a timeline we're going to follow that timeline this is going to be fantastic i'll get i'll return to talk to these people in 3 months when they built that part while realistically, one month in, the timeline is different. 
but you don't update no. the timeline because it, that was something you sat down and created at a at a particular time. I think that's sort of one one of the advantages of of agile is that you are throwing out that idea of this is the timeline. You might be planning things like oh this quarter we're hoping to ship this that and this six months out we're hoping for this this and this three quarters out then we're looking to expand into this and a one year out we're over here but like that's uh as a sort of strategic hopeful kind of priorities thing and if you think that's a map think you're using it wrong (laughs) (laughs) i like vision and strategy to have those more like north star stuff just this is the direction we're going and then uh, we can be more for every crossroads we reach we can do that decision then yeah and having some kind of guidance like this is what we're trying to do so with a client i'm working with right now we we've had some good fortune recently where we've gotten a bit more clear about where the product is heading uh so Right now, we know we want to focus on building up this part, this particular part, and for this user and for this purpose. The sort of business case is clear. How we want to try and get there is clear. And just now, I was I sat down and planned what I think would go into a good sprint that would address sort of the initial step of that goal and that plan. And having clarity on, no, this is what everyone is saying we should be doing it brings a lot of clarity to planning it's like okay then i think we need to do this we think we need need to do this we need to do this we need to do this and then we, we were sitting down and trying to plan the sprint some of the kind of more businessy people product owners and such had some assorted concerns like oh there's no none of this in this sprint there's none of this in this sprint or we should also be doing this and i'm like this sprint is about x y and see and we're gonna be focusing on step sort of step one of delivering this part of what they mentioned were related things but it's like we we don't even know what what the feature set of that should be uh, so we can have that we can have a meeting about that this sprint but that will end up in a subsequent sprint and these more fancy things or sort of polishing these parts or uh, like additional things that they were asking about like yeah absolutely next sprint at, a, at the earliest this is the scope for this sprint and i think we have a sprint that will will be sort of well packed with uh successful execution i i think we're set up for for success for the next two weeks and with the clarity of purpose that we currently have and that hasn't always been the case for this product i think we'll be able to sit down and sort of, okay, but what next sprint? What's this sprint about? And we've had a lot of sprints in the past that have been like, oh, we're working on these two features, uh, these uh, 10 bugs, and also this thing. And that gives no sense of cohesion to anything. (laughs) It's like, what are we even doing? What are we building here? No one knows. No one has a plan. Uh, There's no direction. And sometimes things do come in from the side. It's like, oh, I also need this report for this customer. Okay, so that's a one-off kind of, yeah, okay. Let's not even put it in the sprint. Let's just put it on my calendar because 
That's some, <laughs> something I need to sit down and give you. Uh, mangle some data and give you this. But it's not a development for the sprint. It's not part of any of the other work we're doing. But there are there are things that are happening in parallel. And maybe those need to be tracked in a in a separate way. Or maybe they can be in the sprint without diluting them. But I'm trying right now I'm trying to get really, really clear about what we're doing because there has been a little bit too much of a lack of clarity around those things recently. So having clear purpose when when the direction is well known, if you can sort of feck the work so that you know what you're working on, uh, yeah, it, it can be really it can really help on delivering well. I've found it very sort of focusing whenever I join a new client or work with a new company, because then the ask is almost always very, very clear. This is what we need. Okay, yeah, I'll draft a proposal. Here's this sort of my plan for, for solving your problems. And I've estimated and often I've given a fixed price. But regardless, I haven't been hit with all these things that come creeping in from the side or, oh, have you followed up on this? Or have you have you chased down this provider or... Like over time, you just get mired in things that are not not really part of the normal development. It's not part of the plan. And as such, I th- think also that's when estimates easily start to slip. Oh, but I need to do this. But this is more important. But this is more important. But oh, and you can't feel bad about, or I guess you can, but I won't uh, feel bad about missing an estimate when I had a ton of additional things to do. That meant I there was no time to meet the estimate. Yeah, I think it depends a lot on how many times the estimate is <laughs> whooshes by. Yeah. And that's, I suppose it can whoosh by, the, the closer you are to being finished, it will whoosh by uh, more times then, because then the new estimates become smaller and smaller. So it's some kind of, are we going back to Zeno's paradox? Which one is that? I'm not really sure, but I think it's that you can't run past a tortoise. Tortoise. Oh yeah, the halving, halving the distance yeah. thing. My grandpa was. It was one of his jokes that he always did when we at cake that you can always split a cake in two, and then you still have cake left. Mm. He never went so far to go into quark cake. That would have been fascinating. But lucky for us, I suppose, he wasn't a particle physicist. More of a cake cake person. Yeah, but you really want to accelerate a cake into almost light speed, right? But with that said, <laughs> I'm still... I think estimates, estimates when you use them and do a fixed-priced bid and all that, that seems like a quite good thing because then you can can do all the it still seems very scary but you can do kind of think through the problem up front i'm fascinated that you never fall down into a oh my goodness this cannot be fixed hole but yeah i've been i've been careful not to give a fixed estimate on the traveling salesman problem yet <laughs> and that's what i'm working with so yeah uh, maybe I'm at fault for uh, being so entertained by those NP-complete problems and just going, okay, I can work with this. I can get paid to work with this. This is amazing. But then it's it's just <laughs> not a crud app that's, that I actually know how to build. Yeah, and that 
it's also a big part of it. Fixed estimates work really well when I already know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I can think through the solution and be like, oh, this is this is how I'm gonna do this. Part of it might be, oh, I think I can do this this way. Sometimes you run into things take a bit more time. That's why there should be margin in your estimate. Yep. But also, it really helps that when you're putting putting your sort of time and money on the line, that's highly motivating. Well, when you're working as an employee and you have a ton of competing priorities and you have been sort of forced to give a rough estimate on something, have you been asked for an estimate on something, you've given the estimate. I don't think, like, usually you give the estimate as, um, like, time. Like, a, it will take this much time. Yep. But you don't actually track how much time it takes and you don't actually commit to sort of a timeline and there is no real consequence to missing the estimate and maybe it was turned by turned into a deadline at some point but it's you're lucky if you, it's communicated clearly to you when and where that deadline is and for whom and why it's important and like i i do not care about a deadline that does not have importance i also don't care about deadlines that i have not been told about I, or i try not to care I've, about those when someone pops like a oh we're having this important thing today why is this not working it's like you did not tell me about the important thing <laughs> ideally this would have been working but i could have checked if i knew there was an important thing i remember when i worked on the preschool app we often had our salespeople out sort of in the evening yeah so towards the end of the workday usually or or strictly in the evening out doing uh, whatever they were up to like running a workshop and showing people how to use the thing and sometimes i wanted to do a deployment in the middle of that time or i had scheduled some time to screw around with a thing that was going to make it unbearably slow for a bit or like sometimes there were reasons why the app would be non-ideal in a poor state and sometimes I got called by a salesperson in the middle of that. And like, why isn't it working? Well, it's in the evening and I'm doing an update and something went wrong with the update. So I'm fixing that. They're like, I'm in front of 30 people and nothing's working. Oh. Then you get highly motivated to fix it. But you also get slightly annoyed that people are using your product in the evenings in a way that you didn't expect. Yeah, I mean, of course, ideally, like updates should should not break things, but there are plenty of things that can break a software system. Oh yes, yeah, but that happened frequently enough that for certain types of updates, I don't remember the the nature of the of the arrangement quite so well now because it was a number of years ago. But sometimes I would send a message to our sales lead, I say, and just go, "Is anyone out doing weird things today?" <laughs> <laughs> or can I do this update? <laughs> and yeah. that generally worked as a system because there were that particular system only had like two reps, so uh, she always knew if they were out. But yeah, cool. But that that's the thing: like clear communication and stakes and all of that make it easier to take ownership. I think and. Estimates and timelines are pointless if no one feels like they own them. Yeah. Um, like, okay, estimates. Again, I think estimates can be useful as a, uh, oh, this is a big thing or this is a small thing. And it also 
uh, pre-warms the brains of the developers. Yeah. Assuming that the ones doing the breaking stuff up is also doing the uh, developing later. Yeah, that that's a current challenge for me, but where I'm always the one breaking the work apart, generally. Yep. And I'm doing it for other people. But we don't typically do it uh, and estimate the work that's broken apart. It's more like I'm taking a desire from from the business end and turning it into uh, an implementation spec, uh, a rough spec usually. Like, oh, we need something like this, and then we to get that we need to do this, this, and that. But yeah, if I wanted to, so I've had to do a fair bit of estimating for other people as well, and that's a challenge. I would say it's impossible, but no, I don't think it is. Uh, you just have okay, to. Cool. You have to sort of give them uh, a decent enough chunk of time to have a good chance of succeeding. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. I know I could do this in two hours, but I know everything that I need to do. This person, I don't think knows uh, this part or this part very well. So let's assume that's a day. Um, and then we want it sort of thoroughly tested. And I'm going to assume that we introduce a few weirdnesses based off of this. Okay, yeah, let's let's call it three days. That's probably about when we'll have it shipped and for me it would be like implementation would be half a day and then uh, fixing my screw ups would be half a day but maybe it will be three days for someone else all right uh let's say three or let's say four or let's uh, multiply it by pi yeah <laughs> now estimates estimates are hard that's uh, so experience helps a ton and also uh, if you don't take it sort of too seriously in regard that oh the estimate has to be an accurate representation of how much time it takes to implement the thing if that's how you estimate you should not be doing estimates for pricing the estimate for pricing should be for one thing i don't share my estimates for pricing with the client necessarily sometimes they get the sort of timeliney estimates but yeah i i prefer not to share it because that makes it also very clear how much margin I add, and then people start arguing about that. Um, and <laughs> no, one's ha- no one's happy if if we start removing the margin. I can promise that. Yeah, and also the whole idea with the fixed price bidding goes away, and yep. the, lots of other stuff just goes bad. But yeah, like estimating is is difficult, but it's also a skill, and I think. I don't think you should use estimates as a tool in sort of an agile process, and it's like, oh, points and estimates and dot, dot, dot. I don't, I don't find that helpful. Uh, if people find it helpful, then it's probably a good tool for them. But I, I haven't found it helpful. But I don't think, as a developer, one should shy away from giving estimates because you need to give estimates to get practice giving estimates, and giving estimates is critical in a ton of different situations. It's like, oh, we need to set up a WordPress site. Uh, you've done that before. How long would it take? Impossible to say. <laughs> Let me twirl my mustache and uh, be mysterious for a little bit. It's like, no, yeah. you could probably say, oh, I can have it up in a day. I can have it working in two. And then 
uh, I can have all your extensions configured in two months. Oh, that's a low time to have all extensions configured. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends on what, what the site is going to do. but Yeah. And sometimes you have to eat your estimates. It's like, oh, I gave an entirely wrong estimate. I've seen how badly sort of deadlines and things can go where where a developer just gets stuck on a task and it just keeps being the thing they're working on and it just never completes and they're always almost there and what they really need is someone else to come in and sort of either sit with them and work through it and finish it or just be ripped out of that and sort of no you don't get to work on this anymore because people can (laughs) get truly stuck and usually they need someone else's help and are not maybe uh, the best at asking for it yeah and then you'll see deadlines go past over and over and over again and that's that's how you for one thing lose respect for deadlines but that's also how people uh, sort of lose respect for for each other (laughs) Like if you see someone just not deliver over and over, that's a super, super frustrating thing to watch from the side, from the other side of the team, for example. And it can really, really strain a situation. And usually it's just like, yeah, it requires intervention. Or sometimes I think people are just bad at taking a sort of uncomfortable conversation on. It's like, oh, this is actually going to take much longer than I intended or I, or this has taken two weeks longer than I thought it would. So I don't actually know where the end is anymore. Do we still want me to do this, even if it takes much longer? And it's really hard to to notice when you're in that moment, where, when you are stuck on something. It's difficult. It's part of the harder parts of the job. I had a situation fairly recently when I when I was working on a thing and it just took longer than I thought it would, significantly longer. And people got a little bit frustrated with me. I knew I was making progress, but from the outside, it, it wasn't visible. And that's also also tricky, and I could have certainly communicated faster and more clearly about the the challenge there. But it's, yeah, it's also one of those. I always think when when I end up in one of those, ah, uh, this is trickier than I first thought. But if I just work really hard on it for a day now, maybe the trickiness will go away, and it usually doesn't. But but. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah. Just one more day, and then I can go and say, "Oh my goodness, this was tricky." But I suppose the the reasonable thing to do instead is to uh, go full on lean manufacturing and stop the production line and say, "I'm in trouble. I'm stuck." Yeah, yeah. That that's sort of the ideal. If you think about how you want your colleagues to act when they get stuck on something, ideally, you want to know about it sooner rather than later especially if it's something you could probably help with it depends because if they get stuck every 15 minutes then i won't get anything done well neither will they indeed well if they don't come to me i will get things done while they don't and if they come to me they will get things done while i don't yeah right but you're not stuck while you're helping them that's true and yeah i like my experience is that generally when it comes to asking for help, usually help either means that together we spend an hour figuring out that this was more complicated than either of us thought it should be. And <laughs> when two yeah. people 
recognize that. It's much easier to say, oh, this is complicated. Do we really want to do this? And I've killed a number of sort of nice to have fixes just because, oh, no, this was actually difficult or this is just not worth doing. When I've sat down with the person was, that was trying to do it, and they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm stupid. I can't get this to it's like, no, okay, this is actually super complicated and we don't have to do it. Just let's kill it. Or you sit down and it's like, yeah, okay, I know. I think I know where, where these things need to be fixed. So if you do that there and that there and that there, uh, does that give you everything you need? Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Happy hunting. And then you've spent five to 10 minutes on unblocking them, which will lead to them making making progress again. But you and I also work in rather different circumstances because I'm responsible for the progress of an entire technical team. And I think you are more one of three developers yep. that all have sort of the same level of responsibility, right? Yes. And we have, but we have a, a different amount of time on the, on the code basis. Yeah. So different levels of seniority, sort of. Yeah. A natural seniority. Exposure. Yeah. So and <laughs> exactly. Also, I've written quite a lot of the code. Uh, so which, so it's in that way. It's always possible to blame me for something working in a really strange way, <laughs> which is a good and bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm also usually available to blame. It's like unless it was that part which that guy over there built most of. It's probably my fault. Except yeah. if it's the it's... previous people's fault. So I'm working on a code base that was built by, <laughs> by a company that came before us. So at least the front end was. So it's like yeah, we have <laughs> we have that kind of of uh, yeah. Your company has rotated the entire team over time. Yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah. You keep seeing these where these old names. Yeah, and they are all legendary in one or another way, or they are. The legend builds up all yeah. the time because you see them and you have no idea who they are. 